You are listening to the Commercial CIO Podcast, the podcast for CIOs who mean business. In this series, we'll explore how business IT leaders are adopting and investing in the latest technologies to help drive improved productivity, reduce costs, and improve ROI on their IT budget. We'll get the latest insights directly from IT leaders and industry specialists, giving you the practical knowledge and information you need to get the very best value from your IT budget and investments. If you found our content of interest, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Great. Well, here we are again, Matt, in our virtual Zoom rooms, respectively, you in uh, Worcestershire, me in Twickenham. Um, we're going to talk today about bring your own device. And it makes me feel very old because I can sort of remember when it first came in. And, and I'll tell you what as well, you know, that world was very, very different. And there was a certain category of CIO who really, really didn't like it because they felt very comfortable with, you know, a single desktop image and uh, this, everyone on the same version of Windows and Office, the same Dell beige PC on every desk. Uh, and, and then we went the BYOD route and nothing was ever the same again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Spe- specifically, I, I tend to get more involved in bringing your own device from kind of smartphone and, and, and tablet. But, but essentially, those, those endpoints are pretty much the same as laptops, aren't they? They're all being managed by UEM or mobile device management software now, um, largely in, in, in many cases, all, all holding a lot of corporate data on them, um, a lot of co- corporate applications and services. And, and fun, fundamentally, the risk always with CIOs, isn't it, is, is whatever I do, first and foremost, I've got to make sure that it's secure and we don't want to be on, on the uh, receiving end of, uh, of a data breach or something of that nature. And, and, and of course, that overrides every conversation on BYO, but, but there's lots of other challenges, you know, such as how, how do you support a BYO environment? Uh, and also, let's not uh, forget corporate liable. And I think, you know, one of the things we we're going to have a chat about today, isn't it, is this whole corporate liable devices, you know, where the business, as you say, they, they, they buy the standard device, everyone gets the same, they can support it, same operating system, same version control, all the rest of it, versus BYO. And where are the pros and the cons of these things? Uh, uh, what, what are the commercial advantages? And what, what are the risks that, that these CIOs need to be thinking about before they uh, embark on that? Because we've got something coming up in September, uh, possibly iPhone 12, probably going to be, you know, another, an, another interesting stage. A lot of businesses we work with tend to be Apple, but that's not exclusively. Um, when the iPhone 12 comes and possibly going to be a 5G device, we're going to get the same arguments game, which is, hey, should we be buying this device for every one of our users or should they be contributing? Is, is there a halfway house? So yeah, it'd be really interesting to, to debate some of this with you today, see if we, we, we can't uh, help uh, uh, educate a little bit about the options and uh, some of the pitfalls. Absolutely. I mean, as a baseline question, do, do you see BYOD and corporate libel, of course, but that uh, users electing to choose the, their own devices and sometimes applications also? Do you see that as being pretty much the default model now among your customers? It, it, funnily enough, in, in our customers, no, we, we see corporate libel still as being. Now, that's not to say that bring your own device isn't big, but it, it's it, for organizations from professional services, uh, those that have their own engineer fleets, those we tend to work with those with, with obviously big mobile fleets. So the discussion on those side always comes, um, which is we're spending an awful lot of money on devices, 
mobile data consumption is increasing. So we're, we're kind of paying for that. People are using their devices very differently than they were. So if you go back to BlackBerry days, you know, the bottom line is you, your business would buy a 100, 150 pound BlackBerry unit. You'd, you'd use it for email. Yeah. If you could get the web on it, it wasn't worth getting because it was you know, just too slow and cumbersome. You know, so essentially it was an email device. And that's corporate liable for mobile. That's where it started, isn't it? It's like, kind of, you know, we give everyone uh, a BlackBerry email device. It's on its own network. It's nice and secure. Uh, you know, literally it ticks every, every, every IT box you, you want ticking. And of course, then, you know, smartphones came along and it transformed that because the smartphone is fundamentally a consumer device that's now got corporate applications on it. But the corporations themselves want to keep control. They want the security. They want the knowledge. For IT, it's always been good, isn't it? If you've got a, a set checklist of things that you can follow, that works. And you know, if you've got to deal with variable uh, elements all over the place, don't know what operating system, not, don't know what device you, and you have to support it in a BYO, that, that's complicated. So uh, I'm not seeing it as default. Uh, I've seen a lot of organizations try and go down BYO route in large enterprise corporate, corporate world and come back as well because they faced challenges when they went. Um, so, yes, yeah, there's some interesting challenges there to, uh, to, to discuss. Define your terms a little bit for, for me, if you would, Matt. Um, BYO, as you call it, versus corporate libel. Yeah, yeah good point. So, so bring your own device is essentially where the employee is bringing their own technology. So let's, let's focus on smartphones, you know, like your, 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 your iPhone or your, your Samsung device. So the, the employee brings it. But what the, what the business will do in a bring-your-own-device environment normally is they will put a uh, software onto that phone that gives them a level of control and management over the corporate application. So we call that a container. Um, but the, the, the technology used to deploy that is what's called mobile device management, now called Udefined Endpoint Management. But essentially, these are, these are software technologies that allow you to control that device remotely and control... Uh, data on it. And the way they do that is they create a, if you like, a virtual partition within the phone where your corporate world belongs uh, and, and the corporate team can delete that. So that's bring your own device. Corporate liable is, is, is almost the opposite end of the spectrum from that. That is where the corporation itself buys the phone, they pay for the airtime, like the SIM card that goes in it, but they manage entirely all the policies and settings on that device from top to bottom. Um, so, so depending on where organizations sit, some are huge uh, advocates of corporate libel. So for instance, law firms tend to be corporate libel because they want to control uh, uh, all elements of it and they're accountable to their own customers, their enterprise customers. Whereas then you can go into other spaces where, where actually, do you know what? Um, uh, the, the user isn't going to be using that much sensitive corporate data. They, they largely use it for, for from phone calls and they might be using maps and things like that that aren't that sensitive in terms of the, the corporation. So they might be, you know, bring your own device world. So corporate libel, the corporation owns it, pays for everything. BYOD, the employee typically uh, 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 pays for everything and provides the device. Sometimes they might get some uh, what we call a stipend or some money towards that, the contribution. And then we've got this bit in the middle, Martin, which is called, uh, corporate owned personally enabled or cope sometimes it's known as where essentially the business might provide the phone but the employee can choose to enable certain things personally i.e., the type of phone uh, and the applications and services that sit on it but it's still controlled and managed by the business yeah i mean you mentioned the blackberry took me back there when you mentioned that i had one of the first ones in the country you know before you could even use voice services on them and um <laughs> Of course, with a uh, don't laugh, not that old. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the the thing with a BlackBerry was you're not liable to do anything very interesting with it. As you said, it was a, a big lump of plastic that you you sent and received emails. So it was purely for work and 
ensuring that your nine to six became a fond memory and it now become 12 till 12, you know, mm. 24 hour working day. But the, you know, now with these devices, of course, we all run our lives on them. You know, people playing games, they're keeping family memories, uh, communicating with people socially as well as professionally. And there's a very blurred line, isn't there, between um, what's a corporate device and what's a personal device? Yes, yeah, so, so, certainly I think uh, there's, there's a blurred line between uh, how it's used, definitely. You know, so uh, it, it, do, you, do you allow personal usage of that phone? Do you, do you not? So, so I, I know some organizations um, where they use Apple phones with iOS as the, as the operating system. Uh, and they can control and manage that, but they don't allow any form of personal application. You can't download apps from the app store. Can't use it. So ultimately, what what you create there is is a a great functional phone where you remove all the functionality to protect the business. Now, ultimately, you have to debate whether or not that's actually delivering any form of value to the organization because what really happens then is that if a user can't use the phone for any form of personal then they get a second device don't they it's almost like you you kind of create then this kind of weird scenario where because you, you you've defunctioned it so much the user has their own personal device um so so uh, there is this kind of challenge of how far do you go in enabling uh personal usage of, of corporate devices and i think it's fair to say a few years ago there were pretty big risks with allowing users to just download whatever apps they want, go wherever they want. The, the technology is evolving to the point now where whether or not the corporation provides the phone, corporate liable, or bring your own device, you provide the phone. The technology you can deploy onto that phone actually can, can uh, protect the corporation in both scenarios very, very well. Whereas if you go back a few years, that maybe wasn't so much the case. And I think a lot of IT leaders are still maybe caught up a little bit in the old way. Uh, maybe it's too difficult to manage, too difficult to control. I think now you could probably deliver security, ironically, as well in a, bring, in a bring your own device environment as you can a corporate. The real issue then starts to become about what do you want to allow to happen on that phone? Do you want to make it a value-add tool? Yeah, a benefit for that employee so they can use it personally, in which case you've got to put the protections, but also you've got to discuss things like cost. Does every user get a brand new iPhone 12 in September, you know, at great expense to the organization? Does everyone get an unlimited data plan, yeah, which the business is going to continue paying for? I did a massive budget increase. I think that's pretty unlikely given where we are right now. But at the same time, if you don't allow people to access these technologies, they're going to go and buy their own. Yeah, and then you end up in this weird situation where you're kind of wasting a load of money. So it's all about how it's used and, and what the businesses are trying to achieve there. Uh, and, 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 and from what I see, security is achievable in both environments. Then it starts to come down to a policy of, do you pay for everything? Does the employee pay for everything? Or is there a world where actually you can share that responsibility and liability? Yeah, I hope you're going to answer that conundrum in a moment. But the, you know, the way I look at it would be that... Um, BYAD and, and that whole BYO world came about because employees want to be creative in their work. They want to have modern devices and they certainly don't want to have a worse experience when they go into the office than what they had at home as a, as a personal consumer. And, and, and that's been the challenge, hasn't it? Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, now, so, many so much use of streaming media, for example, uh, people you know, playing music, playing video, et cetera, et cetera. So the data consumption is rising. And, and often that's pretty questionable, isn't it, on whether the uh, employer gets any benefit. So it, it boils down to a philosophical question of who pays and who should pay. 
Well, you, you're right. I mean, let's go back to, to certainly from a smartphone point of view, it's consumer technology that was getting out to field. So, you know, we, we go back to 2007, eight, you know, first iPhone starts to come in and then it's at that point you've got consumer technology is moving at a more rapid pace than corporate technology. And therefore there's obvious, obvious benefits of there of, of utilizing that. Um, but, but if we jump forward to where we are now, you know, everyone's got a smartphone whether or not it's corporate deployed or your own device. This is fundamentally, it's the, same, it's the same device, same operating system. You know, it's the same, same everything that goes on. There's things you can do in a corporate world, which is, you know, you know, in, you know slightly more intelligent ways of managing those devices. So in, in this world, if we look at the cost of an iPhone, let's say over the last 10 years, that, that when it came out was like a three, three, four hundred dollar, uh, you know device i think it might have even been lower than that the very first one and slowly and slowly the cost of all these devices goes up and up and up so like the, the new release one uh, i'm guessing is going to be like a 600 pound phone that type of territory you know so in, in that environment you've now got the mobile device cost more than the airtime there's another weird thing that you know go back 10 years ago martin it used to be a hundred pound device like a blackberry was funded out yeah. of the mobile network so it all kind of made sense to have it corporate when the phone costs more than the airtime and the corporation's only getting some of the value, as you said, because a lot of it's personal usage, then, then, then where do you draw the line? And, and I think this is where both models fall down a bit. In a bring your own device environment where the, the employee pays for everything, they're rightly going to be saying to the business, hey, why should I be paying for everything? Why should I give you control over my phone? Why should I give you the ability to lock, locate, wipe, you know, put policy control on it? Equally in a corporate world, why should I as a CIO fund a 600 pound phone and unlimited data for every user when actually only a proportion of that's used business. And I think the, the, where this is converging is this bit in the middle is, 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 is almost like the shared responsibility, shared liability, which is no matter which way you sit, if you want the employee to bring the phone, you can recompense them in some way and give them value as long as they're prepared to, you know, meet the security guidelines so it can be used for business and vice versa. If you've got a corporate phone, you want to enable it for personal use, then as long as the employees prepare to contribute towards that and follow sensible guidelines, you can have this bit where then the business can cap its future cost. It doesn't have to keep seeing more and more costs, more and more data. You, you put that bit onto the consumer, the user, and the corporation contributes towards the initial cost, the corporate element, because there's no way you can separate business and personal anymore on the phone. It's just not possible. The only way you can do it is by having two phones. And, and ironically, that's what we still see in quite a few businesses where they haven't got the policy right. And, and that's actually a really good way to probably sanity check it. If you see a large proportion of your users walking around with two phones, it's because probably somewhere in there you haven't found the right balance yet. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I mean, I remember the early days where, you know, you, you got the mobile phone at work and some companies would go, you know, line by line through the bill, personal text message. Personal but highlighting. Call. I've seen that. I've seen those uh, yeah. paper, people printing off bills yeah. and highlighting calls. I remember that vividly. Yeah. And of course, quite rightly, people said, well, this isn't worth the candle. And they either didn't want to work for that company quite so much and went somewhere else. And, you know, but the, on the other side, there were, you know, periods of ridiculous largesse, I would argue as well, you know, where, where, um, you know, everyone was happily tapping away their Facebook account when they should have been working. But anyway, yep. let's, not, let's not get dragged down that uh, rabbit hole. Let me, let me ask you then, do, do you feel that that COPE model is a kind of a best of both worlds one that you, you're seeing more widely distributed? Or, or, or is there still an element uh, on, on the side of, hang on, this is a bit of a faff, having to uh, 
uh, go through all of these bills and decide which areas responsibility is mine and which is the company's. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't for a second advocate anyone going back to the days of getting the highlighter out, even virtually and doing it. It's, it, it's more about looking at each organization and looking at the culture and, and, and saying, okay, look, is, is, is it reasonable to expect that a user, if they're going to use a phone, is going to be using it for personal and business. So let me give you an example. You know, you're a professional services firm. You have, you have lawyers. The reality is, as people work long, hard hours, they're going to be using that phone for both personal and business. Um, if, you, if you enforce a situation where they have to use tow, that becomes difficult anyway. You know, some people do like that. Some people just want to keep the two completely separate. But, but for a lot of users, that's doubling up on the cost. It's doubling up on all the... Uh, issues that go with it. So, so in a professional services, I can see an environment where actually the business says, why don't we provide a base, I don't know, let's call it an uh, iPhone, you know, SE2 or a, you know, XR or, or a base device. And then says the, the user, look, if you want the iPhone 12 with the maximum capacity and the three cameras and all the rest of it, then you contribute towards that element. Uh, equally, the corporation can then say, on the data side of it, we're going to give you two gig, four gig, a, a fair amount of data to cover all your business needs. However, if you want to stream video, if you want to basically have uh, you know, all sorts of other applications going to consume lots of data, we'll give you the option to upgrade from the two gig or four gig to, say, an unlimited plan, you know, and you paid a difference. So, so let me give you a scenario. You know, before the phone might be 600 pounds and the business cost of the airtime might be 10 pound a month, let's call it. Yeah, so you've got 600 pound phone and over two years, 240 pounds worth of airtime cost, 840 pounds. Yeah, now if a user wants then to buy a thousand pound phone and they want unlimited data, that might be amortized over two years and they pay 15 pound contribution towards it or 20 pound pay the difference. The user gets a great deal because that would have cost them way over a thousand pounds to get those two things in their own right, but they're only going to be paying, say, 15 pounds a month. And the company is only paying the same amount of money it would have done for the base unit. You've got the best of both worlds. You can secure it. Everyone gets the phone that they want. Yeah. And you can either choose to use it personally or business. That's where I see COPE coming in. Equally, there are some businesses where, frankly, it's going to be corporate liable. You know, if I'm running an engineer fleet of people that just want to go out, they might need a ruggedized device, you know, because they're going to be, you know, I don't know, in boiler cabinets or whatever it might be all day. And they've got to be accessing the, the company customer data. And that's really all they're doing. They're going to jobs and so on. I get, well, look, I get that. That's corporate liable and, and you lock it down. But in a world where you've got professional services or salespeople or whatever, they're going to use both to start thinking about, okay, well, how do I support both? And how do I use this to my advantage to maybe co-fund it with the employee whilst keeping it secure. Yeah, and so that's what you're leaning to in, in, in for that usage scenario to that COPE model, yeah, that, that, that would be what enlightened companies... Yeah. I, I, think, I, think for, I think for those that, that culturally see that they want to... You, it, they, it's this kind of bit, isn't it? You know, if you, if you want to have a, as you say, nine to six, everything locked down, outside of that, something different, then you know people are going to end up with two devices if actually you think there's room here and the way your business works allows you to have a bit of both now all we're saying is the security is now reaching a point where you can do that you can separate the two worlds but on one device you can commercially separate the two but on one device yeah and you can give the, the user the option to upgrade devices so yeah i do think for a certain certain part of the audience professional service has been a great example that, that is definitely a, a way forward and one that can, in many cases, save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. 
Yeah, now these devices, as I said, they sort of hold our lives on them, but they also hold a lot of uh, highly sensitive data. Um, do you see differences in the security posture of those different approaches, or do you think that's pretty much across the line, you have the same impacts? I think you start to get to a point where um, if you allow both, then maybe what you do is, uh, traditionally what, what happened in organizations, they would use like mobile device management software, and they would create that container on a, an employee's own device. You know, and that container would have their corporate applications and services within it. Yeah, and they would only really do that in a bring-your-own-device world. In a corporate world, they wouldn't. Maybe the answer is you deploy that technology in both environments, whether it's corporate liable or bring-your-own-device, so that you you retain absolute control over your corporate data, your corporate applications. You know, but tangibly, what does that mean? It means that you know Martin can't receive an email on his professional services corporate email account and then forward it on via his Hotmail account. You know, it's that type of control in there. It means that if there's backup of data, yeah, only the personal data is going to get backed up to iCloud, for instance. You know, things of that type of nature um, means when they log on to Wi-Fi, maybe there's some security policies that have to come into place. I think, I think the answer lies in almost deploying that in both environments, and then you can support both. And then it just becomes a funding issue. Who's going to fund and provide the device? Is it the employee and the corporation contributes towards it, maybe a little bit, or is it going to be the corporation that funds it and the employee contributes towards that if they want a premium device or more data. Uh, but you use the same security deployment in both, both scenarios to always maintain complete control of that corporate information. Yeah, you mentioned that mobile device management or UEM uh, tools, I suppose, like MobileEye and BlackBerry itself morphed into a UEM company, yep. didn't it? Mm -hmm. um, you, you think they're pretty standard uh, across the, 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 the data centers of uh, enterprises that you deal with? I, I think I think for quarantining and protecting devices? Yeah, I think the functionality has kind of evolved to that point now that, that actually, you know, most of those main main kind of software vendors, you know, they're, they're delivering very similar approaches to it and they're delivering very similar capabilities. You're always going to have kind of fine detail uh, of that. Well, where it gets quite interesting for me is when you then combine, for instance, that with, say, Apple device enrollment program, uh, or it's going to Apple Business Manager, it's called now. But Apple DEP is something that a lot of businesses still haven't deployed. Uh, and this, is, this allows you to configure and associate a, an Apple device with your mobile device management UEM software automatically so that when you, when you ship it to a user, over the air, it does all the updates. It downloads all of the applications. It downloads all the privileges and settings and the rest of it so that you get what we call the zero-touch deployment. So now this is really, really efficient because if you can only have that in a corporate world, but it does mean that you're able to really reduce the cost of deploying phones. You can manage them much more effectively. In that corporate world, those phones belong to you your organization until you remove them. So they can't just be, you know, if they get lost or stolen, they can't just be picked up by anyone and used because every time you reset them, they reset themselves back to the corporation. So I think if, you, if, if organizations, regardless of what they do for mobile device management, when they couple it with technologies like Apple Business Manager, have a really, really nice ecosystem that's much more efficient, um, but also can be tailored to their specific needs. What impact do you think there is on IT support models? I mean, as I said, maybe I'm being very fuddy-duddy here, but in the old days where you know, NSC was maybe quali classic qualification and, and everyone knew the Microsoft environment very well, and then you know, supporting Mac and iOS and uh, potentially uh, other uh, operating systems, platforms, and sometimes you know, 
cloud applications uh, as well. They aren't necessarily mandated by the, the CIO or supported by the organizations. You get these quite messy situations where there's this kind of support, maybe a second class support sometimes because they haven't got uh, the IT department is set up to, to cover all the bases. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, support, and let's face it, support's become even more tricky than the last four months because, you know, your IT support team themselves are remote as well. So I, I, my, my personal opinion on this, and I'm sure many will disagree, but my personal opinion on this is whether or not you're supporting BYO or corporate, there's nothing to stop you standardizing around the operating system and the policies and support because then you can it's, it's not realistic to think that a, a, because a user brings their own device that's it they're going to support everything themselves you haven't got to worry about it that's just naive and 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 and, 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 and at worst actually creates major problems and let me give you an example of that if, if you have uh, your own phone and you break it martin you know uh let's say you damage the screen on it what are you what are you going to do with that are you, are you going to go and always pay Apple directly in a secure environment to fix that screen? Yeah. Or are you going to go to the guy down the road that fixes screens? Yeah. Now, now let me give you a little example there. The corporation's got absolutely no audit control on that whatsoever. So what happens? I, I'm going to hand over my phone. I'm going to give, you know, allow someone to take it apart and plug it into their own computer. Yeah. And basically access whatever they want to access on that phone. Yeah, and, 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 and this is what happens in an environment where you, you just kind of put your fingers in your ears and pretend that the security risks don't occur. Whereas in a corporate world, you could put a support mechanism in place, which is, hey, look, we're going to send an accredited person out to fix your phone for you. So I, I, think, I think it's naive sometimes that, that you know, the, the, the self-support model is the answer to everything. Actually, I think the combination of, of providing corporate-level support to employees whether they're corporate or BWO is, is, is probably sensible, but I'm not saying the IT team has to do that. There's plenty of specialist firms that will just fix phones for you, get phones deployed, get them sent out so the IT team can focus on you know, more, more, more transformational work, more strategic work. Um, but, but yeah, it's really difficult. If you, if you allow every type of phone, every type of operating system, you're in for all sorts of pain. So I would standardize regardless of which model you choose, and then it makes it much easier to give a great deal, uh, good, good quality service to those end users. Yeah, well, you know, frankly, what's happening in the world at the moment, I'm sure a lot of people are going into their local eye smash when they do break a screen or, or whatever other provider uh, is available, uh, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're basically giving them the crown jewels, I would have thought, rather than going through a complicated process whereby yeah, and, and, we enable support. Yeah, and, and a lot of these organizations are great. It's more a case, though, isn't it, that as with anything else, if the IT team has essentially worked with a preferred partner, accredited them, checked, understands the processes, then 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 essentially they, 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 they can feel confident that the model's there. Not also to mention, if you've got, you know, 1,000, 5,000 mobile phone users, yeah, you're probably going to get a much better deal as a corporation than you are lots of individuals trying to go around and do their own thing. So, so I, I think it's just about thinking about, okay, look, all, all technology's gone mobile. Your corporate data is sitting on those mobile devices. Your IT support's got to be mobile-centric now. So, so start thinking, okay, in that case, we can either try and block everything from happening, not realistic, you know, hold back the tide or start to rethink how we support and rethinking the support then starts to come down to how do we deploy it? How do we source it? How do we manage things when they go wrong? And is our IT team actually the right place for doing all of that in the future? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But for some organizations, actually offloading that might be a very sensible thing to, to do. 
um, especially if those users are not actually going to be coming into the business very often anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think you still see it now, even among technology companies themselves, a case of uh, cobbler's shoes possibly, where, you know, the, they have a very draconian email policy. You can't send that large attachment. So you go to, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give you any storage you like, .com, and uh, download some slightly ruby apps that might not have uh, the best support around it or the best data uh, management uh, reputation. And it, and it happens because of convenience. But I think in better run IT departments, what happens is that the CIO and his or her team educate and say, look, there's a reason why you probably shouldn't be downloading all of these uh, uh, mouse cursor uh, icon stuff or all these uh, dodgy GIF collections. You know, it's about educating and making sure that people understand why um, they shouldn't do things and the impact, potential impacts of their actions if they, if they continue to do so. This is, this is what I call shared responsibility. I think it's certainly not a term that I, I coin, but, but this shared responsibility, shared liability is what this is all about. It's about both parties taking responsibility for the way that the phone or the data is managed and secured. And the reality is mobile is one of the highest risk areas of IT. Yeah, it's with the end user at all times. You know, if people carried their laptops around, you know, work laptops around literally everywhere, they went out to pub on a Saturday night, they take their laptop with them, you know, and it's going to be, you know, it's just going mad the consequences of that. But that's what's happening with mobile. It's got literally every, the same information on it. Uh, and, and, and those organizations that are able to really look at this overall and create a shared responsibility, the user plays as much role as the business does in protecting it. So take mobile threat defense software, MTD software. This is software that's going on onto phones, probably been deployed in what a quarter of organizations to date so far, that's protecting against phishing attacks, malware, man in the middle network attacks, these type of security risks on mobile devices. Now, if you try and put mobile threat in there without explaining to a user and say, hey, there's going to be monitoring everything you're doing, you're naturally going to get a lot of barriers. Yeah. People go, hey, I'm, I don't want that on my personal device. If you explain to them, this thing's going to sit in the background yeah, and it's going to help you by uh, intercepting any kind of bad actor type uh, uh, transmissions or, or issues. It's going to stop malware getting on your phone. It's going to stop your personal data being spied on. It's going to stop your banking information being leaked out. You know, uh, uh, in an unsecure way, then, yeah, users, who's going to say no to that? I'm not. You know, I don't know many that would, but most employees are just completely unaware of these threats. They're unaware that if they're just going to log on to any old Wi Fi, yeah. that actually someone might be intercepting all that traffic in the middle and harvesting their information. Whereas if, if, if IT teams start to look at this and say, actually, we have a responsibility to the employee and our own corporate data, why don't we put technologies in place that protect both? Why don't we put policies in place that protect both? Why don't we have commercial models that are shared and, and, and each party can pay their fair, fair, fair share? I think you start to create something a lot more interesting in the corporate world than, than the old yeah. model of you know, one or the other, corporate or BYO. Yeah, as you said, shared responsibility and, and trust, you know, that old-fashioned thing of uh, this is why we're doing it and this is what would happen if we didn't do it. That, that, if, that if you have that conversation, then I think you've got more chance that everyone's happy. Um, uh, let me ask you about one more curveball, uh, as if there weren't enough. GDPR <laughs> is obviously um, uh, in everyone's minds, of course, yep. uh, almost regardless of department, or large part of the onus does fall on, on IT department. So it, GDPR and data privacy, 
presumably that's having a huge impact as well. It, it, it is. It is. Uh, it's like, look, what, what, what are your primary responsibilities with GDPR? It, it, it doesn't say you've got to protect against every single threat that ever possibly exists. What, what it says, you've got to take a reasonable approach to identifying what the risks are, trying to mitigate those and, you know, making sure that your people are aware of, uh, of, of the policies. And, 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 and it's, it's all about sensible practice. You know, I think that this is really the key. So if, if, you, if you bring this back into the, the world as before, which is if you have one standard approach that's protecting corporate data but protecting the employee data, yeah, you have one standard approach we're, we're, we're across all of these different areas of you know, policies about how you up, update software when you do or don't allow people to actually access your network. So, to, so take this zero trust model is, is, is great, isn't it? It basically assumes that every device is rogue before it proves itself otherwise via the identity of the user. So you're not going to allow access to corporate applications and services. But, but equally, I, I'm, I'm an advocate of, the, uh, of a view, which is why would you not take that kind of approach and help your employees to protect themselves? There's no point having a situation where your, 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 your employee is at serious risk for their own data, but I'm all right because I've managed to cocoon my own corporate data. So, so I, think, I think for me in the future, a lot of this is, is, is all going to come down to actually having much more joined up thinking, a lot more education to the end users, making them understand that actually whether it's corporate data and GDPR issues or whether it's their own personal data being leaked out and you know, GDPR from the, other, from the other perspective, the IT leaders can really drive that agenda. They're the people that understand how this tech works. They're the ones that should be able to translate that to the end users and actually bring everyone on board on a journey. And I see all too often security and the technology we deploy, it still sits in the IT silo. You know, it's deployed there, but it's not really talked about to the rest of the business. It's almost, well, you have to take that and it's there. Whereas I think the time has come to share a lot more about that now, rather than just kind of run it as business software. It's actually software to protect everyone's data. Mark, very sage advice as ever. Um, BYO then, what haven't we covered? And uh, maybe uh, take this opportunity to wrap up with some final thoughts possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, we're certainly going to have some information in the download section if people are interested in looking at all the different types of models. And, and there are different models. I, I, I think for, for most, taking that kind of approach to understand what the different ways of approaching this are, to, to, to understand that it's not always you know, binary. You, know, you don't have to just have all corporate liable or all BYO. Have a re-look at the technology that's out there to protect yourself, uh, both from those mobile threats that we talked about, malware, man-in-the-middle attack, phishing, the most common ones, but also how you deploy and support these services. Have a re-look at all of this because what, what we're seeing really is those organizations that take a standardized approach to all of it are the ones that are able to protect their businesses, educate their users, and also start to manage their costs because they're really you know, making sure they've got the best of uh, breed, the right combination of services for everyone because there's no one-size-fits-all here, Martin. You know, it's, it's, it's ludicrous to believe that there is across your organization. So I'd start there, relook at it again, because for many, there's good cost savings, there's better security, and there's happier employees at the end of it if you get this right. Yeah, that's great advice. Matt, I'm going to see you again very soon. I'll see you on then. On our next podcast, absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, we're going to put more information on the, the download area, and we'd love to get any feedback, especially positive, but... Uh, we'll take, take the negative stuff and try and improve eh? how about that we'll just delete it don't worry. <laughs> good Absolutely. man thanks martin thanks for tuning in to the cio podcast the podcast for cios who mean business 
If you like what you heard during this podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe to get the latest insights from IT leaders and industry specialists. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.